0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Our mission to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today.
1: When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus.
0: We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach.
1: And I'm Brooke. Let's go. what's up everybody welcome back
0: welcome
1: Okay, y'all. We have an amazing guest today. This interview was so cool. Um, He is the pastor of New Spring Church. He is the founder of Crossroads and the Clayton King Ministries. Today, we have Clayton King on. Let's go. And something I just loved about this interview, Zach, was I feel like every time I listen to Clayton King share the word, he brings up like this new, fresh perspective or this new observation from the text that I have never seen before. Like, We have heard a million Palm Suns, which are all so rich and so good, Mm. but... What I'm so excited about for today is that I feel like Clayton just pulls out something new. I'm like, I have never heard that before. Come on.
0: It's true. Clayton King is absolutely amazing. I know he's like a dear friend of mine. Um, As you guys will hear, he actually was the guy. um, You know, I grew up in a Christian home my entire life, got planted these seeds my entire life from my mom and my dad in ministry. Mm -hmm. But then to hear just this fresh take, like you're saying, and how he interprets scripture, and then how he breathes it into people. Come on it really resonated with me personally and that's the day back in sixth grade right when i actually acted on my faith and clayton was one of the key roles in planting that seed so i am so thankful for him bro
1: come on yeah, today is really awesome because um, obviously it's Easter week, what's That's up? That's right. And he's going to just share something new, something fresh about the resurrection and what Jesus did afterwards. But yeah. um, I was actually in my Isaiah class this week, Zach, and yeah. there was this passage about Jesus proclaiming like that Jesus is coming, mm-hmm. and it's in Isaiah 53. I want to read a portion of it. Um, and here it is. Yet he himself bore our sickness, and he carried our pain. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. Now what I think is so beautiful about this Zach is that it was no mistake this grand plan that God had to restore us back to Him. So here it's talking about how we as His creation because of that first sin all the way back in Genesis Mm. we are now in this state of sickness and pain where life is painful. We are afflicted. We are rebellious and sinful because Mm. that is just our nature all the way since Genesis. Mm. And what's cool about that is in Genesis 3.15 like God talks about no I'm gonna send someone who's gonna crush the head of the serpent in Isaiah all the way back in Isaiah it's saying no Mm. I'm sending someone who is gonna be afflicted for your affliction Mm. who's gonna be wounded for your wounds and he's gonna take this on and he's gonna restore my creation my people my children back to me Mm. and that's this beautiful message of Jesus how he then Beats the enemy. He beats the sin and pain that's in our life right now that we have to deal with on a daily basis and he's going to bring that to full restoration in his second coming. Mm -hmm. So I think just this grand narrative of the Bible shown in Isaiah 53 and then now expounded on by Clayton King in a little bit um, is just God's faithfulness, his love for us, his mercy toward us and I think that's just magnified here in this verse.
0: I couldn't agree more, Brooke. I think that's powerful out of Isaiah 53 And just talking about, the one word you kept saying was the restoration, right? Yeah. When we go all the way back in Scripture from the beginning of time, we were created for one thing, and that was we were intended to have a relationship with God. Yep. And then, as you said, right, sin entered the world, and it ruptured our relationship with Him. But then what God did, being so loving and gracious and merciful by sending His Son, Jesus to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross, to rise again three days later so that we may have eternal life with him if we so choose, right? That choice, the free gift of salvation, is redemption, it's restoration, it's renewed, right? That relationship with Christ. And our prayer is that you guys would love this message because it truly is so powerful in everything that Pastor Clayton King has to share. So my friends, please help us welcome pastor clayton king pastor clayton thank you so much for joining us today hey great to be with you Yes. Man, we are so excited just to sit down with you. Just saw you a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago at our Ignite Men's Impact Weekend here in Lynchburg, Virginia, Thomas Row Baptist Church, and God moved in such a powerful way in and through you and the message that you shared. But sir, something that I love about you is just the energy and the passion you have for the good news of the gospel. I mean, you've done the preaching and the speaking, and you've taught for so many years in ministry. But one thing that I want to touch on, I want our listeners to understand, is why this episode episode is so special for me because I can think all the way back to when I was sitting Mm -hmm. sixth grade in the pews at Thomas Row Baptist Church and Pastor Clayton King comes rolling in right to to just preach a message Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget there was one kid in the front row and I think he was in the front row that kept falling asleep specifically. And this guy, you (laughs) guys have to understand, Pastor Clayton (laughs) preaches with conviction. He brings it. He literally had warned this guy, stop falling asleep or else I'm gonna throw my shoe at you. And he fell back asleep. Pastor Clayton threw a shoe. I mean, a direct hit, great aim. And it grabbed everyone's attention, but it definitely grabbed my attention that day because after you gave the salvation message and you really preached on what it means to be hot or cold for Christ and not Mm -hmm. being lukewarm. And I remember fully understanding uh, the gospel that day and giving my life and surrendering it over to Christ. So I am so thankful um, to you and just your faithfulness and obedience to Christ mm-hmm. and the calling that he has bestowed on your life. And so I just wanted to say that up front, but before, you know, I start tearing up, um, you know, the one thing mm-hmm. that I just want you to touch on is I'm interested to know after all these years of ministry, I know over well over 30 now, what is God Taught you and where did God meet you at when you first began your mm. journey with Him?
2: Mm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned over 30 years. I don't know if you knew this act, but this past Sunday yeah. was my 35th anniversary in
0: ministry. Wow, so congratulations. I my,
2: yeah, I preached my first sermon 35 years ago. It was mm. March 27th, 1987. Wow. I was 14 years old, I was in the eighth grade and uh i got to i got to mark my 35th anniversary in ministry by preaching at a church in raleigh for a good yeah. friend of mine and we saw 65 salvations amen That's uh, amazing. on my 35th anniversary mm. but it really does take me back you know you asked the question about you know where did i where did god first meet me yeah. mm. god <clears throat> was was always a reality to me in some way i was raised i was adopted and mm. raised by a family that loved god loved the church loved the bible my mom and dad were good people hard work and blue collar mm country as cornbread, <laughs> raised on a farm out in the country. But I guess when I really met Jesus, when I became a Christian, when I converted to faith, it also happened to be the exact same night that, that God called me to preach. Mm-hmm. I was 14. I was in the eighth grade. I was playing sports. I was a football player and a basketball player and a baseball player. My yeah. whole life revolved around sports yep. and, and working. I worked for my dad at, on his farm and in his motor shop. And so I believed in God with my head, but not really with my heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, that particular night, our student ministry, our youth group, went to go hear an evangelist out of Florida. Mm -hmm. Never forget it. The only reason I went that night is because I was crushing pretty hard on a girl named Barbara McCall, and uh, I really, really, really wanted to, to kiss Barbara on the back seat of the church van. But right. Barbara wouldn't have anything to do with me because she knew better. I was a year younger than her, <laughs> and I was just a punk kid. And um, and so I got to the youth rally, and there were a couple hundred kids there, maybe a hundred, I don't know. Hmm. And that night, when when the guy preached the gospel. God had already been dealing with me. I knew that I wasn't really a Christian. Even though I'd been baptized, I didn't mean it. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got up out of my seat. I went to the altar. It was an Mm -hmm. old-fashioned altar call. I got on my knees. Mm -hmm. I was praying at the altar. I was actually in the middle of, like, praying the sinner's prayer. And I was eye-level with the the stage. So there's the stage, and then the altar, of course, was a few feet below it. So Mm -hmm. my... My face, my chin was like resting on my hands Mm. at the stage while I'm praying. And the evangelist walks over. And this is the part I will never forget if I live to be 500 years old. His shoes, his feet were at my eyes. Mm. Mm. And I can remember in the middle of the sinner's prayer, I'm literally asking Jesus to save me from my sin. And I got distracted by his shoes.
0: Mm.
2: And I thought to myself, I'm kind of easily distracted anyway, but I thought to myself, that is the ugliest pair of shoes I've ever seen because they were brown and white leather wingtips, and they were hideous. I mean, it was like something. It was so. It was such a cliche. These shoes were so obnoxious. Mm. They were just screaming, "We're ugly. Look at us!" Wait. And I look at these shoes and I think, "Who in the world would wear these?" And in that moment, mm. kid you not. The Holy Spirit reminded me of some scripture I had memorized in my Christian school, mm. Romans 10, where it's, where it's quoting the Old Testament prophet when it says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news. Wow. Mm. And in that moment, while I'm literally being born again, I'm literally praying to receive Christ. Mm. I saw his shoes. Spirit of God spoke to me and told me those feet brought the gospel for you to be saved tonight. Wow. And that wow. was the moment I felt called to preach the gospel. Wow. So it was like a moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Most people don't have a moment like that. But for me, it was a Damascus Road experience. I mm-hmm. saw Jesus. I felt Jesus in my head, in my heart. I heard this uh, unmistakable voice calling me to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. something I had never wanted to do before in my life. There was no desire, no dream. Mm-hmm. There's no preachers in my family. Uh-huh. Um, that was the moment that changed everything for me. and I've, I've never gotten over it. So here we are 35 years later, and uh, I go back to that moment all the time, especially when things get tough, when times get challenging, when, you know, anxiety, fear, depression, worry, doubt, fear, all those things creep in, even with pastors and even with me. Mm. And I will revisit that moment because it's an undeniable moment where I met Jesus. Powerful.
1: Hmm. Undeniable moment. Hmm. So step one, I got to get a pair of ugly shoes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, uh, talking about this good news that's being brought by Jesus and being brought by us who are obedient to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, right now it's the Easter season, baby. And I think uh, a big day that goes overlooked during this season, um, maybe like the ugly shoes of this season, is Good Friday. Mm. Um and this day is a day when we reflect back into when Christ suffered it all for us. Mm. He took mm. the cross. He took the nails in his hands and his feet. He took mm. the mocking, he took the shame. He took mm. it all and laid it down for us, for mm. every single person. And I know you've quoted in your I quote in your book here, mm. um where there's no death there can be no resurrection. Mm. Where there's no cross, there can be no empty tomb. Mm -hmm. And so, Pastor Clayton, we want you to just speak a little bit into this to the listener who hasn't heard or doesn't really understand what Jesus did on the cross on Good Friday. Can you just share with us today the significance of that day specifically?
2: Mm. You know, the, the crucifixion for me is both an historical moment, without a doubt, there are no serious historians mm. that question the validity of a man, uh, an Israelite named Jesus from Nazareth, who was crucified. We date our Western calendars from, from his birth, death and resurrection. Mm. Uh, we've got the writings of, of historians like Josephus, Pliny the Elder, Tacitus. We know that Jesus really did live and that Jesus really was crucified. Yeah. And, and just from a historical perspective, his crucifixion is no big deal if, you, if you're just looking at it from history because the Romans crucified hundreds of people, actually crucified thousands. Mm. Um, from, from a historical perspective, Jesus was just another insurrectionist or just another re- uh, rebellion mm. that was put down by the Romans. Right. But we know, I know experientially, Mm. that the crucifixion of Jesus was way more than just another one of the rebels mm. that the Romans put to death because they were trying to usurp Roman authority. Yep. When you look at the crucifixion of Jesus, there's so much symbolism there. I really can't go into all of it. I, w- I would suggest a book if if a listener is interested yeah. by my friend Robbie Gallaty. Mm. And Robbie Gallaty has written a book called The Forgotten Jesus, and mm. he explains a lot of the Jewish um, and and an and Eastern symbolism behind what Jesus did, tracing it back from Old Testament to the connection to New Testament. Oh, wow. When we see Jesus hanging on the cross, mm. we see Jesus in between two thieves. That's right. two right. Uh, two men who had been sentenced to death because of their crimes. So we see two men who deserve to die. We see one man who did not deserve to die. And he is in the middle. Mm. What Jesus is, if we look at the Bible, the New Testament calls him the mediator. A mediator is someone that stands between two parties who are in conflict. And so Mm -hmm. there on the cross, the symbolism of Jesus being in the middle, the Mm -hmm. the media, the mediator, he is in the middle of two men Mm -hmm. who are at odds with justice in the same way that Jesus is a mediator between the human race and God. The human race is at odds with God because of our sin, Mm -hmm. because of our horrible, terrible decisions that we make. I mean, it's not just Hitler and Stalin, and Lenin, and Pol Pot, and Idi Amin, and Jeffrey Dahmer. It's me, it's you, it's all of us. The Mm. Bible says we've all sinned. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. We also see Jesus, the symbolism of him even hanging on a cross with arms outstretched. So his right arm and his left arm are outstretched. Mm. And and symbolically, he is reaching to both of those guilty, dying sinners, trying Mm. to bring them into the kingdom of God. Mm. And when Good Friday rolls around every year, it reminds me of the story of the crucifixion, which I believe the most powerful thing that happened Mm. other than Jesus, of course, obviously, taking our sin, our punishment upon us. We have two people who respond very differently to Jesus at the crucifixion. Now, Matthew's gospel records this story as well as Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel. Mm. In Luke's gospel, We get a different ending to the story so 30 seconds here in matthew's gospel both of the criminals are mocking and ridiculing jesus Mm. they're saying things like you saved other people you can't save yourself why don't Mm -hmm. you come down off the cross and and save us while you're at it and matthew doesn't give us the full ending of that story luke however who is the only Gentile writer of the New Testament, meaning he's not a Jew. Every other person that wrote the New Testament was of a Hebrew faith or a Hebrew background. Mm. Luke, who is an outsider, who is a medical doctor, who has also also been tasked to investigate the claims of, of Jesus by a man named Theophilus. Luke mm. wrote the Gospel of Luke, and then it's he also wrote the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, which is the book of Acts. Mm. And you can read that in Acts chapter 1, first couple of verses. So Luke records... Uh, this, the, the ending to what Matthew begins In Matthew's gospel Two thieves mocking Ridiculing Jesus They're at the point of death They're filled with bitterness They're filled with guilt They're filled with shame They're filled with anger Then Luke's gospel says One of the criminals Actually defended Jesus to the other one And he actually says to him Don't you know that we're getting what we deserve But this man Jesus hasn't done any." Thing wrong. Mm. And then that criminal asks Jesus one simple question, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's right. And then Jesus responds to him with mercy, grace, forgiveness, and mm. salvation. When he says, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. Mm. So the most beautiful, compelling part of the crucifixion to me is that we see the real Jesus. Cause if you want to know what a person's really like. Yeah. Watch them when they're suffering. That's yes. right. Watch a person when they don't get what they deserve.
0: Yes. If
2: you want to know who I really am, I, I literally just had this experience on Sunday when I lost my temper in traffic driving to Raleigh. Hmm. If you want to know what a person is really like or what a person really has in their soul? Yes. Just watch them when the pressure is put on them, when somebody's mm. tightening up the screws. Jesus is literally at the most painful moment of his life. And what flows out of him? Mercy. Right. Grace, right. Yes. forgiveness.
0: Mm.
2: He doesn't deserve to die, and yet he extends forgiveness and a promise of eternity mm. to this man who, who out of his own mouth, deserved to be there. And so, and so, when Jesus tells this man, "Today you will be with me in paradise," the question you have to ask yourself, if you read the Gospels, is: So what happened to this criminal mm. between Matthew's account? Yeah. And Luke's conclusion, what turned his heart? Hmm. Because I believe that both accounts are true. Matthew's account says both the criminals ridiculed Jesus. Luke's account says one of them ridiculed Jesus while the other one asked Jesus to save him. Hmm. The thing that changed that criminal's heart was the prayer that Jesus prayed. hmm when everybody was ridiculing him, mocking him, when the soldiers are spitting on him, when they're sticking mm. wine vinegar up into his mouth. By the way, uh-huh. when the Gospels say that they put vinegar on a, on a, um, on a stick, on a sponge, and stuck yeah. that vinegar in Jesus' mouth, mm. this is very unsettling. Yeah. But in the Roman culture, in their public bathrooms, they would pay money. Only rich people could use public latrines. Hmm. Rich people would pay money to go into a public latrine, and when they would finish using the bathroom, there would be sponges on sticks in wine vinegar buckets, Hmm. and they would take those sponges and clean themselves with the vinegar. Wow. So the sponge that was stuck in Jesus' mouth when he said, I am thirsty on the cross, Yeah had the taste of human filth, symbolic of our sin that wow. was in the mouth of Jesus when he gave his life and shed his blood on the cross for us.
0: Whoa.
2: That criminal watched Jesus be dehumanized, be ridiculed, be mocked, mm-hmm. spat upon, his beard pulled out in chunks, whipped with a cat of nine tails. Mm-hmm. And when that, both of those criminals heard Jesus pray the prayer, Father, forgive these people, They have no idea what they're doing. Mm. And one criminal decided he would not open his heart up to Jesus. Mm. He was going to stay angry, bitter. Mm. And one criminal decided he would open up his heart to Jesus. He was compelled Mm. by what he saw in the real man. Because you die the way you live. Jesus Mm. died with mercy and grace and love and compassion, even for the people who killed him. Mm -hmm. So when I think about Good Friday, I think about Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. But Resurrection Sunday is meaningless if Jesus doesn't go to the cross sinless Mm -hmm. and perfect. Mm -hmm. If Jesus didn't die on the cross shedding his blood to give us our freedom, then then the resurrection would not have been possible Mm -hmm. because he defeated death. Someone asked me once, why did Jesus have to shed his blood for our freedom? I don't understand that. And I said this, can you understand the fact that our... But our ancestors shed their blood in the American Revolution to buy our freedom from British tyranny. Mm. If you can understand the concept of soldiers in World War II shedding their blood Mm. to free the Jews from Auschwitz or or, or one of the concentration camps, to free Europe from the tyranny of, 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 of Nazism then you can understand Jesus shedding his blood to take away the penalty of our sin. That's what Good Friday means. And because Jesus paid that price for us, our debt has been cleared. And we're free of all charges. And it would be the equivalent of this to explain the gospel and what Good Friday means to the the human race. It would be like me. I have committed murder, Mm -hmm. and I am going into a courtroom to stand trial. And I owe my life either in the electric chair or the rest of my life in prison. Jesus stands up in the courtroom and says, not only I will take his punishment, lock me up in prison, but Jesus then is also the judge who bangs the gavel and says, Clayton King is innocent of all of his charges because Jesus has taken the penalty. Let me take it a step further. Mm. Then imagine that judge gives me a trillion dollars and says not only will you leave the courtroom innocent and justified you leave the courtroom today rich because the same jesus that took your penalty has Mm. given you the promise of eternal life Mm. and peace with god and peace with men and women that is what the gospel means and without good friday we don't get that good news wow
0: pastor clayton uh You know, just listening to you, I can't help but be almost like overwhelmed with emotion just to hear, you know, what Jesus did for me and to hear it in that much detail and to hear backstory and backwater and things that, you know, I didn't really even know about in the history of it all that you were just sharing with us. I mean, it just puts things into a greater perspective and picture. And it really makes me reflect back and think, man, Like I was saying earlier, I feel so unworthy of it, but I'm so thankful that God saw me as worthy enough to do something like that and to pay the ultimate price for my sins and for every listener's sins that is listening today. You know, Pastor Clayton, one thing that I always think about during this holiday season um, is after Good Friday, right, people saw Christ, like saw him die. The breath was completely taken out of his lungs. He was dead, dead, dead. And people probably really struck, I would think, struggled with this idea of, you know, doubt probably crept in, discouragement. They're probably thinking to themselves, you know, is this really? I think of the disciples, people that walked with Jesus, people that witnessed him performing these miracles. And it's like, is this what we walked with him for? Is this the end of our journey with him? You know what I mean? Like all these different things. And I think a lot of the times we as individuals, we live in that Saturday lull. Right, where we're waiting for God to show up. We're waiting for God to rise back up. We're waiting for something. We're trying to be patient, but it's so hard sometimes. But you shared with us at our Ignite Men's Impact Weekend a story that just resonated with me. I was telling Brooke about it earlier. Yeah. Out of Luke chapter 24 about Cleopas and his wife. Can you please just help us understand on the resurrection morning what Jesus did and how that showed you and revealed to you more about the character of Christ?
2: Yeah, you know, the character of Christ and the kingdom of God are so opposite of the things that we value in this world. We value power, platform, influence, control, wealth. On the on resurrection Sunday, literally Jesus has just been raised from the dead. If mm. it would have been me, I would have gone straight to the entrance to the temple. Yeah. I would have appeared on the southern steps ascending yeah. the temple mount. Yeah. I would have Lifted up my arms. Hey, everybody, it's me. Yes. I told you, I'm back. You didn't listen, but now I'm back, and we I'm won. To all of you. We won, and, and yeah. I would have, you know, snapped my fingers and vaporized all of the Romans. <laughs> you know what? Get that That's stick what away from done. me. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Jesus, literally, Luke 24. This is how we know the Bible could not possibly be made up. Because, hmm. you know, there are people that say, well, the Bible was created and written by Constantine and, and and all these stories can't be corroborated. Listen, if someone would have made up the Bible, they would not have made women the first people to witness the resurrected Jesus and to meet him because women, their testimony couldn't hold up in a court of law. Hmm. And then if someone had made up the stories of the Bible, they would have never put this story in there because it yeah. doesn't make any sense that on yeah. Resurrection Sunday, instead of going to the most crowded part of the city of Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. Jesus goes and meets this random man. And what church history tells us was probably his wife. We don't know her name. His name was Cleopas and Jesus disguises himself and walks the whole road. It's about a seven mile journey from Jerusalem to this little town where they lived in. And he spends the entire day walking with Cleopas and his companion uh, to, to their to their hometown, and this seven mile journey to Emmaus, Jesus explains to them who he is. Hmm. He shows them prophecy from the Old Testament. The Bible says, beginning with Moses, he uh, he told them everything that was written concerning the Christ. And then at sundown, they get to their house. They still don't know it's Jesus. They invite Jesus to come into their home, and they're sitting at the table. Jesus takes the bread and breaks it, which would have been. Um, that would have been completely different than tradition. Tradition would have been mm-hmm. that when they brought a guest in, the man of the house would have broken the bread and given it to, to everyone at the table. Mm-hmm. But Jesus took the bread and Jesus broke the bread. And when he gave them the bread, the Bible says their eyes were open. They knew it was Jesus. Then he disappeared from their sight. Wow. Then they took off and walked seven miles back to Jerusalem to go to the disciples who were gathered in the upper room scared of being crucified themselves right. and they testified that they had seen Jesus mm. and 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 this this to me shows mm. how much Jesus cares about the individual yeah mm. that Jesus cares about the broken people with questions mm. that Jesus isn't just out to build a platform and to buy some influence Jesus cares about the man or the woman who is walking a long road dejected sad depressed, discouraged. Mm-hmm. He spent an entire day with two random people that had no authority, no power, no platform, they didn't have money. Jesus went after them because he cared for them. And this is why the gospel is so appealing to the masses of the world. It's actually why Christianity is the is the strongest, biggest, most populous religion in the world because Christianity doesn't discriminate about your your age, your gender, your ethnicity, the color of your skin your background, the sins you've Mm. committed. Christianity is so inclusive because anyone can Mm. find Jesus Mm. loving them, pursuing them, and he'll walk with you if you'll just invite him. And Mm. the best part of that story for me is the fact that when Jesus broke the bread and gave it to Cleopas and his family, Bible says their eyes were opened. And I believe their eyes were opened because when he broke the bread and served them, he exposed the scars on his wrist from the crucifixion that Mm. took his life. And they knew when they saw the scars, this is Jesus. You know what that tells me? That Jesus knows how we hurt. Mm. Jesus wants to relate to us in our pain. Jesus wants to show us, I've got scars too. I know what it's like to be betrayed by your friends. I know what it's like to be abandoned by the people that love you the most. I know what it's like to have one of your closest friends tell you, I'll never leave or forsake you. And then just hours later, they literally don't even admit that they're your friend when their life is in danger. Hmm. I understand what it means to hurt. Let me help heal your hurts.
1: Right. Hmm. Hmm. Dang, Pastor Clayton. Hmm. I can imagine there's a lot of people listening to your words right now saying, like, I am Cleopas or like, hmm. I am the woman at the well. I'm in this place where like I feel like I'm too far gone, I feel like maybe my mistakes are too big, I'm too far away, these things I'm facing are too big to overcome um what would you say to the person who is feeling this way who needs their eyes to be open like cleopas who needs to have this experience that the woman at the well experienced when she realized who jesus was and then ran to that town and was like come and see this man what is a message of hope that you could tell that person who's in that place so that they could know that the gospel is for them Hmm.
2: When you're hurting, the last thing you should do is push Jesus away. Yeah. The mm. first thing you should do is invite Jesus into your story. Invite mm. him into your pain. Mm. We have a tendency when, when, when we're hurting, and I'm sure that you guys have heard, and ladies have heard this before, but hurting people hurt people. That's right. Yes. So when you're hurting, it's easy to blame God. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and, that, and, and I want you to do the counterintuitive thing. If you're hurting, invite God in. Mm -hmm. Let him help you. Jesus will always come in when he's invited. Revelation 3.20, Jesus actually says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Mm -hmm. And So that's the hope of the gospel. That's the story of Easter. That's the story of of my own testimony. Mm -hmm. That Jesus Christ, Romans Mm 10.13, will come to anyone who calls on his name. He doesn't discriminate and he doesn't judge. As a matter of fact, Jesus even said in John 3, 17, that the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, yes. but that the world through him might be saved. Mm. And so that's what I would encourage you to do if you're hurting, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you need hope, if you need peace, if the guilt of your sin mm. is dragging you down and weighing you down, the Bible says if you will confess your sin, First John 1, 9, this is what it says. If you will confess your sin, Jesus will forgive you mm-hmm. and he will cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. It means to liberate or to set you free. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would encourage you to do right now. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you feel something in your heart that's beginning to stir, just talk to Jesus. Ask yes. him right where you are. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite yes. you into my heart. I give you access. Take me just like I am. I'm broken, but I need you. And if you'll ask Jesus to come in, he will always say yes. He already has. Mm -hmm.
0: Pastor Clayton, this has been probably one of my favorite episodes that we've ever recorded on the Built Different Mm -hmm. Podcast platform. Um, Just being able to hear, like you said, the good news of the gospel. And how I want to end this episode is different than any way we've ever done in the past. I know there's probably a listener out there today who has heard maybe the gospel before, but it just is clicking different this time because of some of the things that you've shared. And like you said, maybe they're feeling convicted in their spirit. Maybe all of a sudden, something's starting to stir within them. And how I would love for you to close is just in closing, share with our listeners today how maybe they can accept Christ and they can surrender it all over to God like he did for us on the cross and how he is resurrected so that we may have life in him and have it more abundant. I would Mm -hmm. love for you to maybe shared that with us, but also just to close us in a prayer of salvation, because there are people out there that maybe have thought that they've missed their moment, but this is about to be maybe the most significant moment of their entire life.
2: You know, the way that I got married, I had to ask my wife to be my wife. Hmm. I wouldn't be married today. We're about to celebrate 23 years. I wouldn't be married today if I had never asked her. Yep. And so the way that you have a relationship with Jesus, the way that you become a Christian, the way that you are saved— you have to ask. Jesus has already proven that he loves you. He died on the cross to save you from your sins. This is now a gift that you can choose to receive or reject. Mm. So if you want to receive that free gift, it's a first step. When I married my wife 23 years ago, our wedding day was the first step. And Mm. that's what praying to receive Christ is. It's the first Mm. step into a relationship with Jesus. Mm. So I'm just going to assume like you said, Zach, that somebody, or maybe more than one, yeah. you're listening right now, and you know that God is speaking to you. You feel it in your heart. You can't really understand all of it, but you just need to take a step of faith. Mm. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. You're not praying to me. I'm not God, I'm not a priest, but I wanna help you connect with God, and I wanna invite you right now to invite Jesus into your heart. Mm. So pray this to him. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart quietly, or you can scream it at the top of your lungs. If you want to, pray this to Jesus right where you are Hmm. because He's listening and He loves you. Just say this to Him Hmm. Jesus, I need you. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry. I need your salvation. Hmm. So I open my heart to you. I give you my past, Hmm. I give you my regrets. I give you my mistakes. Please save me, Jesus. Mm. I believe in you. I trust you. And now I'm yours. Mm. Help me grow. Help me follow you. Mm. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Mm. Amen. That's the first step. And if you prayed that prayer the prayer doesn't save you jesus saves you Mm -hmm. the prayer is just the way that you connect when i asked my wife to marry me i didn't get married to the question will you marry me i got married to her the question was just the way to get the relationship where it needed to be Mm -hmm. so uh you know maybe if you did pray to receive christ somehow you can reach out to to, to you guys tell them i mean like I know you Absolutely. guys are going to know that, Zach. Tell, tell anybody that just prayed how they could maybe connect with you guys.
0: Yes, you guys can definitely connect with us through our social media, first and foremost, That Build Different, but specifically more personal. Yeah. If you prayed that prayer, I would love for you guys to send me an email. And it's simple. It's zach.clinton at AACC.net, dot Clinton at AACC.net because we want to connect with you. We want to know if you made that decision because like Pastor Clayton saying, that's just the first step, but yeah. we are so excited and we want to celebrate with you Come because on. it is the most important moment and decision that you will ever make in your entire life. So you guys, mm-hmm. man, Pastor Clayton, I yes. cannot thank you enough. Um, for just your time and your willingness to come on here and to preach the good news of the gospel you have given me so many different unique insights that i have never heard and it has made it even more real and more relatable and the story i feel like is even stern within me right i feel like i've been i have been a christian since sixth grade yes. but i'm 26 now 14 years later yes. and there's something new because of the words that you shared with us today so i cannot thank you enough so i love you i appreciate you mm-hmm. brooke what do you have to say to pastor clayton
1: Yeah, Pastor, thank you so much for coming on and just putting like fresh words to the best news we could ever hear in our life. Yeah. And I'm Mm -hmm. just so eager. Like, we want to hear, guys, the way that you're responding to this. Even like Zach said, like, if you've known the gospel your whole life, like, we want to talk about this good news with you. So please reach out to us. And if this is stirring up something in you, the worst thing you could do right now is ignore it Mm -hmm. please don't ignore what the holy spirit is bringing up in you this is the most important decision you'll make in your whole life and tomorrow is not promised to us so please please work these things out reach out to us and even go back and replay what pastor pastor just talked to us about so um we love you guys pastor we love you thank you so much Mm. for coming on sharing your wisdom and letting the spirit just speak through you today.
2: Well, thank you, Brooke. Thank you, Zach. It's been an honor and love what you guys and ladies are doing. Uh, Zach, you and your dad mean a lot to me. I absolutely loved being at the conference. And uh let let me know next next time uh, you want to do a podcast or next time you want me to speak. My answer is always yes.
0: Yes. So, hey, we appreciate you. So we're praying for you. A continued blessing in your obedience to God and the calling that He's placed on your life. Man, everybody, what a powerful message. Wow from Pastor Clayton King. Come on. I'm talking such a renewing and refreshing mindset, Mm. right? That he really brought to us today and things that I never have really heard before. I've overlooked so often, Brooke, when reading through just the Easter story in general. Yes. But the one thing that I really loved was when he talked about that Jesus is really all about the individual. Yes. Right When he chased after Cleopas and his wife on the O.G., resurrection sunday (laughs) i'm talking like the day he just rose again rather than like pastor clayton was saying go into the temple courts and just shouting the name saying i'm back he went after the individual himself and i think Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing about who god is and i'm so thankful that pastor clayton was able to pray that prayer of salvation yes and my hope, and I know your hope too, Brooke, yes. is that so many of our listeners would have been willing to just say yes to God today, Yes, to just say yes to the good news of the gospel, to just say yes to the free gift of salvation, and just to make that first initial choice. And if you did that, we want to celebrate with Come you, on! you guys. Woo! That is the best and the biggest decision you will ever make in your entire life i promise you it really does bring the restoration we were talking about in the beginning i don't know where you're at in life i don't know if you're hurt if you're brokenhearted but that you would have just seen jesus in a whole different way and through a whole different lens and perspective today and you understand that he is relentlessly pursuing you he's chasing after you and he wants your heart and truly yes all you have to do is say yes if you did that today we want to stay connected so if you would You can reach out to us through social media, whether that's on Instagram or whether that's through Facebook. But like I said, I just want to reiterate, please reach out to my personal email. It's zach.clinton at AACC.net. I'm going to spell it out because people often misspell Zach, Brooke. Come on. It's (laughs) Z-A-C-H dot C-L-I-N-T-O-N at aacc.net you guys we want to celebrate with you we want to journey with you in this process that's what christianity is our faith walk it is a relationship yes not a religion and we want to help push you more towards jesus every single day
1: yes and we like want to hook y'all up like zach said like we have people who Pour into our life daily, yeah. and we're called to then pour out into other people as Christ yeah. and our mentors and people pour into us. And so we're eager to hook you up with books or whatever right. it is that you need to grow in your passion for Jesus, because yeah. um, we want to affirm. It was no coincidence that you heard this message today, yeah. whether or not you don't know Christ and you're you're deciding to choose Him or. If you learn more about him or if you chose him today or if you know christ yeah. there is no coincidence that you heard this message and we want to encourage you who know christ who know the gospel and have fallen in love with who jesus is mm. please share this message with someone that you know yeah just share it like freaking great commission this thing and send it like it's so easy just hit the little send button to someone who needs to hear this today someone who came to your mind as you were listening to what pastor king was talking about um i think this message just magnifies like you were saying zach christ care for the individual and people need that right now like If you're feeling like Ah man I don't know if anyone Like really cares Or really sees me Mm. Christ does He sees you He sees your pain He sees your hurt He sees your struggle The trial you're going through Mm. And he wants to walk With you in that Mm. So We just want to wish you guys A happy Easter happy resurrection Of our king baby uh, Bringing of true life To our life Um, And we just hope You have a great time With your family A time to fellowship And have fun Mm. Um, And coming up next We got a bomb Micah Tyler (laughs) interview coming in and he shares with us about God's provision that will be sent out next week so we love you guys as always thank you for joining us and we'll see See you you next
0: time on the Built Different podcast. Podcast